0: Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, we made it. We made it. We're here. You're here. To our season closer. Roundup. Yes. Um, All right. Here at Upbringing. Um, For those of you who are new to Upbringing, welcome. Um, We're sisters and moms to four kids um, whom Mm -hmm. we're raising, um, -raising, co-raising on a (laughs) farm here. Outside Portland. Yes. Are we going to split up all our sentences this way? (laughs) Um, I'm excited about this episode. feels like it's going to be a really like kind of well-rounded, belief-busting, skill-building, connective experience. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Still improv, but. Yes. <laughs> um, but before we get into it, I want to briefly acknowledge our privilege in being here to talk about this and work on these things with all of you. And a quick disclaimer that though we're, we have training in simplicity parenting, positive discipline, and rye foundations, we're not licensed therapists or MDs. No. Uh, for those of you who might be new or have um, been gone a little bit, coming back, this season on the podcast, we were doing improv Q&As, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun. And like you said today, already, Kelty, we are wrapping up the season. uh going to touch on today 10... Uh, big themes what what are these ten themes about Cal? Yeah I think that they're all um, sort of beliefs that kept bubbling to the surface in our live Q and A's in our podcast episodes, in our videos in our coaching uh, with clients all these things that are kind of connected to our approach, our skill building, and our confidence in the toughest moments with our kids, their big feelings their challenging behaviors their resistance their defiance mm-hmm. they're all the things tears. that hold us back from getting through the day uh-huh. but i think that it it really is and this is something we talk about so much is that our unconscious assumptions how much power they have mm-hmm. in directing our lives in directing our kids lives and shaping our family and shaping our greater community mm-hmm. and how they really matter okay. right it might seem a little meta but it matters M- meta matters everyone yeah. Yep. Okay, let's dive right in. Belief okay. number one, go. Belief number one is that our kids' resistance is unnecessary, worrisome, and negative. Mm-hmm. And Actually, everything kids do is normal, natural, and necessary mm-hmm. to pay attention to and support, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. why we talk so much about our kids' resistance. Yeah, I think it's really easy to, I mean, we've all been culturally programmed to believe that resistance at least in the kid domain, mm-hmm. not in this other areas of our lives where we're like, oh, you resist, girl. Be, Be a, a rule breaker. Up. Right. Speak yeah. speak truth to power, all these things. But when it comes to the parenting sphere, we do not believe our kids' resistance is good. Instinctually. Instinctually, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe that. And I think that that's what this belief flips that's based on the research out there is that everything kids do they're showing us something everything kids do they're they're existing naturally they're showing us their spirit they're building that self concept they're showing up mm-hmm unapologetically, raw, humanly in the world. They are preconditioned little beings. I know, I think so often we're thinking about, oh, I need to mold them into this global citizen and this activist person. And the way that we're looking at it is, they are born activists, right? They are questioning authority, demanding equality protesting unfairness, expressing their needs, speaking their mind and heart bravely, right? They are already there and they're Mm -hmm. inspiring us to do that. And it happens in their resistance, which is so hard to look at, but it's our ding ding, Mm -hmm. right? To start flipping our belief and looking at it as a wonderful thing, as an expression of their spirit, their inner wisdom and authority, and something to kind of get in and get curious about, right? Especially if we want to ultimately raise kids who can stand up to authority, call out bullshit, Mm -hmm. speak to their needs to get their needs met, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, advocate for themselves and others. We can't be like, oh, become that someday, but not in your formative years in my house because I'm the person in power. Mm -hmm. We we gotta think that, okay, this is something we need to nurture and lean into and pay attention to and honor Mm -hmm. to a certain extent and figure out a way to work with, not against it. I love it, yeah. Okay, belief number two, behaviors show that something is wrong with our kids. Or with us. So challenging behaviors specifically. Mm-hmm. When actually challenging behaviors are morally neutral symptoms of underlying needs, developing skills and stress. Yeah, I think I ultimately. Stress. That was something that came up a lot this season. Yeah, I think in in sort of having leaned into this idea that resistance is a beautiful thing, that our kids these challenging behaviors are part of that. And and when we can look at them as information then we can actually engage. We can get curious. We can pursue that conversation through our resist approach or through other means, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big ask, though, Kel, mm-hmm. because we've, again, all been culturally conditioned to pay attention to what people say and do and to focus on that and to control that. Mm-hmm. And I think at the expense of what is causing the root cause of those behaviors, mm-hmm. right, that uh, you know, it's 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 their temperament. They tend to be a little bit less flexible. Just that's how they were born. Mm-hmm. Their temperament. They tend to to um, have trouble calming down, you know, after being upset. Yeah, or it could like, be age. Like now they've mm-hmm. turned three, and all of a sudden. They're really challenged with transitions or their their de- developmental stage, regardless of age. All of a sudden, they're really struggling. This is interesting information. I'm going to mm-hmm. lean into that. I'm going to look past this splashy, scary. We like to think of it as like the choppy waves on the water are the behaviors. We're going to mm-hmm. put our little go- rose-tinted goggles on. We're going to go <laughs> below the surface and be like, what is fucking happening? <clears throat> are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they needing connection? Mm-hmm. Are they needing a little more information? Are they needing some agency and choice in their lives that is like so dominated and controlled by us in every way. Mm-hmm. And so that's the practice is getting curious mm-hmm. from the behaviors, not controlling, but getting a little bit curious to be like, what's what's at play here? Mm-hmm. Just like when we do and say crazy shit, hopefully not we crazy. can be, sorry, wild stuff. We can be, um, hopefully when we do wild stuff. Everyone. When we go so wild <laughs> with the stuff we do. <laughs> Um, can we approach ourselves with that same curiosity, mm-hmm. with that same detective mindset? Yeah. Um but I think that a lot of folks might be thinking, but wait, okay, I'm gonna try to look beneath those behaviors, but what? They are morally neutral? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's gonna like piss a lot of people off, maybe that that we are trying to look at our kids' behaviors when they hit their sibling, mm-hmm. when they say they hate us, when they dump out all the trash onto the floor, when they wreck a house plant, when they Um, storm into our office when we've told them what the plan is and not to come in there. That's all morally neutral. No, that shit's bad. That's how we feel is, Mm -hmm. no, that is morally bad. Mm -hmm. Right? And we have to show them that. We are the morality police is our instinct. (laughs) But I think that will move us into number three. But I think just to wrap up this number two about the idea that challenging behaviors are morally neutral is also saying focusing on the needs and the skills beneath that. The root cause of behaviors is so... So uh, feminist is so social justice oriented. It's mm-hmm. saying that I think our, our culture and our white patriarchal culture tends to be like, I'm going to focus on your anger and mm-hmm. make that the storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the way you said that instead oh. of why you're fucking saying it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we cannot be, be uh, training our kids to, to be living in that world and looking at people's behaviors that way. We have to keep getting to the invisible underlying needs and skills. That's where the magic is. That's where the growth is. That's where the connection is. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. Love it. Belief number three our <clears throat> goal or focus is on shaping and teaching our kids for society, right? Mm-hmm. So socialization, mm-hmm. essentially. But actually, our goal or focus with our kids. Is building their self awareness, mm-hmm. not prioritizing the socialization. This is so backward. I know. This is, maybe each of these is going to be like unsubscribe, mute. Yeah. People are like, throw fuck. the phone against the oh, wall. Fuck this! But actually, it's a huge load off when yeah. we realized that we could just make socialization, civilization, conformity, obedience, um, looking presentable, acting presentable, a- as a secondary objective. Mm-hmm. It's not disappearing. It's not going off the table. But if we can say. Looking at our kids' inner wisdom and authority, like we said before with the challenging behaviors, what's going on? How can we tune in? How can we get them focusing their own curiosity mm-hmm. on what's happening with them? That begins with us mm-hmm. having that curiosity. Right? I love that, Kelly. I think that in parenting, so often, we want to put the cart before the horse and be mm-hmm. like, and we're taught to be based on this this control-based institution that we and system that we live in, and then these institutions within the system that are all about, obedience conformity control mm-hmm. um, not a very binary kind of Can look on things you just all function in like little <clears throat> cogs in a wheel right. little ducks it's in a so row it's so much easier to control you when you're all the same and do exactly what we want right mm-hmm.
1: But it I think really that, is,
0: though, right? We but we we bring that into our parenting really mm-hmm. easily, and I think that the the problem is that we actually care about these humans we're raising. They're not cogs in a wheel; they're mm-hmm. human beings, right? And so we actually realize, and research shows that focusing on kids' needs and helping them gain an awareness of their needs is actually what allows them to ultimately communicate those needs, mm-hmm. manage those needs, and. Uh, be able to identify and support the needs of other people. Right. And so, when we focus on the manners, the outcome, the behavior, mm-hmm. we're actually undermining the entire process that leads people to get to that. Right. So you for know. example, one of our kids says to their sibling, I hate you. I will never be friends with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that makes the other sibling cry, and it's mm-hmm. terrible, and it feels mm-hmm. it pierces our soul because we want them to be best friends forever, and do speeches at each other's weddings, and go on camp, camping trips, and all the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, if we focus on, you can't say that to her, mm-hmm. or in this family we do not speak mm-hmm. that way to one another. Right. That's the cart before the horse situation. <clears throat> what is what is our kid learning about themselves? Right. All, all they're really learning is. I shouldn't have said that, I'm bad. When I, when I say something that I'm feeling based on my developmental, right. mom right. is upset and, mm-hmm. and, and I shouldn't have done that. Right. What, what could we learn if we attune and help them build some self-awareness about what they said? What, right. what would that go like? Then, we, then they would say, oh my gosh, turns out I said that because- No, I, but what would oh. you say to help <clears throat> them key into that oh, awareness? Oh, as the parent I would say, oh my gosh, you've got some big feelings about that. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How's it going? You sound really upset at her. What what was going on here? So that we're we're helping them put words and identify the experience, the root cause, need that wasn't being met, mm-hmm. that then leads to I hate my sister. Mm-hmm. You know, and and just teaching them that what they're saying is wrong is is so um, is so uh, just. Um, I'm totally blanking on the word. It's superficial. It is an incredibly superficial um, effort as far as our parenting goes. But it's so hard when we see one of our kids like punch the other one. We're like, we have to say, you can't hit. Punching Mm -hmm. is bad. Hands are Mm -hmm. for... Holding, not hitting, yeah, right. whatever it is, yeah, we want to say that. But if we're not connecting our kids to their own self-awareness about why they did that, then they're going to be punching people out as an adult, mm-hmm. or they're more likely or to. Or they'll feel like they want to, and then instead of understanding why and what the need was, they'll just be triggered immediately into shame mm-hmm. or blame. Because mm-hmm. that's what will have conditioned them early on by saying you can't do that and constantly focusing on that behavior. We could talk one. about this one for a long time. a really time. big one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to number four. Okay. Belief number four. Our intentions and words as parents are what kids learn. Mm. especially our our intentions. intentions. So similar to this, we want them... Wait, we'll go go into it. Let's finish it. (laughs) But actually, the way that we teach our kids is what they ultimately learn. Mm -hmm. Not our intention necessarily, but our actual, the impact of what our intention had. And Mm -hmm. those are two very separate things, right, Kel? Yeah, but it it sort of reminds me of of our last one, the Mm self-awareness versus socialization. Mm -hmm. So if we're using words about... Socializing, do this, mm-hmm. don't do this, say mm-hmm. this, don't say this. They they might be learning a little bit about that, even if they can't stop their impulses in mm-hmm. doing it. But if if we're if we're building towards a self attunement, they're they're learning by the way we're doing it. They're learning by this safe psychological space. Right. Right? But I think it's really hard. We've been conditioned to say, oh my god, when they speak disrespectfully to their sibling or to me, or when let's say they hit their brother or something. Like, I need to show them that's not okay. And so I show them that's not okay by yelling at them, right? Or I show them that's not okay by lecturing them, by giving Mm -hmm. them words. And all they're feeling and hearing is that they're not saying, well, mom's talking to me this way because she has this amazing intention for Mm -hmm. how I'm going (laughs) to grow up. And she doesn't want me to go through the pain of not knowing how to socialize, you know, Uh, properly right Mm -hmm. that kids don't understand the intention behind what we're doing and saying they just experience us in that moment it's a lot about the energy yeah right we talk so much about the difference Mm -hmm. between the control approach versus our resist approach and a lot of that is our tone Mm -hmm. our energy Mm -hmm. right not just the words that we're saying right it's the way we're doing it's how we're choosing to teach i think in our society we we are all conditioned to teach by control. So if you don't do this, then you will learn because you'll be punished." Mm-hmm. If you don't, if if I want you to do this, I will motivate you by giving you this. And we could talk about incentives and consequences, this behaviorist model that is so pervasive in our society. We could talk about that all day too. Mm-hmm. It's one of my real big sticking points, treating children like monkeys or lab mm-hmm. rats. Um, when we're trying to fight against being treated like monkeys and lab rats in our jobs, in our society and all these other places. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the big things is we have to keep remembering if we, it's a line, I feel like this is a big alignment talk, is mm-hmm. saying, if I want to teach my kid respect, I cannot teach them to be respectful by yelling at them. If I wanna teach them how to innovate, I cannot teach them innovation by telling them what to do. If I wanna teach my child um, collaboration, and communication i do not teach them that by isolating them in a timeout in their room mm-hmm. that is not how kids learn and, and, what they're, and they're and learning kids don't learn right? how to be a nice person yeah. and an empathetic person by being stonewalled for their expression of their feelings mm-hmm. right i feel mm-hmm. like it's all of those things and so when we look at, at the control side of it consequences on my terms now threats uh, rewards overpower lectures. We just made those up. It's like a mm-hmm. b- bazillion things we do mm-hmm. as parents, so naturally to control our kids. If we can instead make it that, a conversation, well, that doesn't teach them like right. good things in the name of control. Like, oh, right. I just controlled them to teach them all these great things. No, they actually learned consequence to give consequences to overpower to mm-hmm. lecture to threaten. You know, to do those yeah, things. Maybe they learn okay mom doesn't like it when I hit my brother. Also, you can yell at someone if you to get your way. Mm-hmm. Also, you can make someone feel bad about themselves to get a point across. Mm-hmm. Also, that when, showing... when I have these big feelings, I should go process them somewhere else on my own. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we're showing them how to use power and they don't have power yet, but when they do, they're gonna be learning, they'll be using that power the way they were taught at home. So when we think about the resist approach, yeah. which is respect, empathize, sync up, innovate summarize and trust our kids are learning those skills those skills res- that how to respect another person <sighs> mm-hmm. and their differing opinion how to empathize with a different point of view and fucking listen mm-hmm. to somebody who's struggling right how to sync up and say here are your needs here are mine Hmm, what can we do how to innovate and run through these steps of what could we do we need ideas Let, c- problem solve this way what would work for you that way we can get through anything and then they can they can summarize by setting limits a personal boundary mm-hmm. right if, if someone needs to be safe if, if something is not okay with you you mm-hmm. feel comfortable saying that and then ultimately they're going to trust mm-hmm. right that the world is a is going to be a good place sometimes and a challenging place other times and it, this is just a needs game and trying to get two people's needs met in the right. best way possible right can we do this every time no, no. of course not. <laughs> but that's the practice and we'll get to that too let's move on to number five the belief is that our role is to control our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what discipline we basically is, that. right? When actually our role is unconditional sensitive support. That's what we like to call it. Mm-hmm. Run an resist approach. Basically. Yeah. I think that we've we've been conditioned to believe that our kids can only learn with um, more like stern face, right? If we if we're gonna if we're gonna kind of hit this behaviorist model that we've been so um, steeped in, we're gonna be putting up those boundaries. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be saying what we need. We're gonna hold our expectations high, but with this, like we t- mentioned before, this negative energy, yeah. this tough this tough vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think everything that we're reading and research and, and all of these trainings we've, we've been taking too says it can be both. Actually, mm-hmm. we can use high warmth. And high expectations mm-hmm. or high boundaries. And that that's the kind of the magic combo that mm-hmm. you know all of us, I think we ping pong between permissive, rigid, permissive, mm-hmm. rigid, right? We're like, I love them and I wanna show warmth, so I'm permissive, but then I flip-flop and I'm rigid because I'm like, but this fucking boundary, I cannot let this chaos happen or mm-hmm. it's not safe or it's not appropriate or I get pushed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what this, this high, high thing is, is the middle way is saying, it can be both. We can respond, this is the boundary. I can't let you throw that. Mm -hmm. With love, Mm -hmm. and that kids actually, people in general, learn better in a safe psychological, Mm -hmm. um, environment that Mm -hmm. they learn with predictability with expectations that are clearly explained Mm -hmm. right but done in a respectful and upheld in a loving warm way i think so that they feel safe enough to learn their brains won't won't pull it in otherwise yeah otherwise it's just personal their attachments at risk with us right Mm -hmm. yeah i think unconditional sensitive support is a huge goal Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can it's inconsistent but unconditional sensitive support would probably Mm -hmm. be a more a realistic description. Mm-hmm. But I think that part of that is really just releasing this role like we've mentioned before. I don't need to discipline or to mm-hmm. control that I can be a neutral sensitive support staff s- helping my kids scaffold their understanding of the world, what is okay, what is not okay. And I don't need to be an angry tyrant or get pushed to that point mm-hmm. that it can be like we said before a conversation. Right. Well, right. and that kids learn. They will ultimately learn and thrive knowing more about themselves and Mm -hmm. that self-awareness we talked about earlier. Then what is okay and not okay, which is essentially socialization. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there are these two worlds, the socialization world, which is behaviorist, all the focus is on behavior. Mm -hmm. That is a theme that's coming through in all of these beliefs. Oh, and it's the system, it's the external expectation. Or is it the internal side of things, right? Mm-hmm. With the self-awareness, the understanding, the mm-hmm. kindness. You mentioned you the know? safe psychological space. And I think that when we're able to create that around these challenges, when our kids are losing it, when they're getting physical, when they're mad, when all of these things are happening, if we can approach it in a warm, neutral way, we're helping our kids not just build the skills to 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 get through to process um, uh, a struggle, but to generally see conflict as okay, mm-hmm. right? There's no winner and there's no loser. And traditional discipline says they there will be one of each, mm-hmm. right? Then there will be the the dominator and the dominated. Yeah, the, and, you and I know. think in, in being this kind of unconditional sensitive support. I think that I end up often just saying to myself or to my kid, we're both struggling. Like we're just (laughs) two people struggling, man, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just so much easier than being like, you will do this or you will lose, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this up and I will lose. Right. And we unpack this so many times in the season too, that like, what's our job then? Like Mm -hmm. if, if we're just sensitive support, what does that look like? And I think that brings us into belief number six, which is, you know, kids need to calm down to make us feel more comfortable. Or, or to, to learn self-regulation or, for that, or, or, or socialization. Yeah, they need to stop that feeling. Or, they need to calm down. Yeah. This is not okay. Yeah, but when, actually, right? we need to calm ourselves down to help calm them down. Right. right? And the, back this to is that, like the big hidden job of, of becoming a parent. We didn't know we were going to be full time fucking emotion coaches, mm-hmm. and that that's our job. We just thought they will learn to calm themselves or go calm somewhere else because it's so terrifying mm-hmm. to watch. Or I will motivate you to calm down. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that it, it's one of those things where again where we're bringing in and talking about the safe psychological environment how we want to be a supportive ally and part of creating a safe psychological environment is considering our attachment and the regulation that needs to happen for learning to happen brains mm-hmm. need to be calm focus needs to be from the fight flight freeze limbic part of the brain to the prefrontal cortex where learning and decision making and connection and communication can take place that can't happen if they're feeling threatened right or worried mm-hmm. or stressed but right. That that goes for us as well. Right. And it goes for (laughs) us as well. And I think we have to keep remembering who's the adult here. Mm-hmm. Right, that our, our kids' job is not to calm down for us, right, so that we can move through a situation more adaptively. Our job is as their attachment figure, just like when we held them as babies and helped to regulate their nervous systems, our two year old throwing something also needs our support. Our four year old screaming and f- like flinging things, you know, our six year old saying the meanest things to us that is a baby crying, needing co regulation from us. Mm -hmm. that's so hard to hear so hard yeah but but i often uh, coaching clients are like great Uh, okay they need my my co-regulation but how do i mm self-reg to get there right right how do i even do that we've all been conditioned to see someone else's upset as something wrong because when we were upset that was wrong very often Mm -hmm. when we were kids so it is so hard to be rerouting these neural networks to Mm -hmm. say oh my gosh again All of their stuff is normal, natural, necessary. It's stress Mm -hmm. leaving the body. It's really good for their brains to get Mm -hmm. that out. Got to lean into all of this. Mm -hmm. But that's the self-reg game that we got to practice Mm -hmm. first. We talk often in live sessions too about uh, everyone has their own self-regulation practices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's anticipatorily stepping out of the room. I'll be right back, honey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, I'm gonna take some deep breaths. Someone tells me to take deep breaths. I'm like, "Fuck you! Don't tell me to do that." Um, some people try mindfulness techniques or um, kind of grounding, techniques, mm-hmm. t- touching their legs, you know, um, putting their arms over their head, focusing on things around the house and mentally mm-hmm. naming those things. Um, you know, there there are lots of mm-hmm. things to do, but I think just even just having that awareness when when things start escalating, you, either we're noticing it in our own bodies or we're seeing our kid going through that, checking mm-hmm. in with ourselves to say am i am I ready? Mm-hmm. Am I able to be that sensitive support <clears throat> staff right now so I can help my child calm down, slash learn mm-hmm. about themselves and about their world right mm-hmm. now. And it sucks being like, that's on us, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's hard. It's really hard. I Mm -hmm. think so often my kid will be freaking out on me and really struggling. And I think that triggers the child in me that says, what about me? Mm -hmm. I want to be crying and throwing something. Why do they get to be an asshole? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I always have to hold space for them and they never see to my Mm -hmm. needs? And this is such a... A, a reroute of being like, oh yeah, that's right. I need other adults to see to my right. needs. Or right. a, lo- a lot of a lot of people share with us by the end of the day, mm-hmm. I'm so fried, and that's how I am with two yeah. sensitive spirited kids is I'm down. just like, I'm so worn down, mm-hmm. that, uh, and that's when I need to lean on my self-regulation practices even more mm-hmm. if I'm able. Mm-hmm. Belief number seven. Kids learn primarily from our words. When actually, and we kind of touched on this a little, modeling and the power of our influence is where it's at and Mm -hmm. so we talked about the power of our influence when we're controlling the shit out of them and how that's what they learn Mm -hmm. but we can flip that and say the power of our influence for good Mm -hmm. as well (laughs) running that resist approach you know i think that that's that's something that we didn't really know right away going into parenting like we said from our words they learn explicitly. Do this. Don't do this. They should. They, they are operating with us, right? In this very um, logistical, practical world. Mm-hmm. No, actually, children really live in this very like loose, fluid, implicit realm where they're mm-hmm. taking all these signals, all these nuanced. Um, tone, vibe, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, which is so fucking scary. Uh And we've got to give ourselves grace. And just thinking about the (laughs) fact that we think we have these teaching moments, Mm -hmm. whether in a challenge or not, and that they're actually learning through all of, Basically, the way we move through the world, everything we're doing, everything we're not doing, mm-hmm. things we're saying, things we're not saying. Well, and I think that we can think of that as really stressful and mm-hmm. a huge responsibility. But we can also think of it as a huge pressure off being like, oh, my God, it's OK. I don't have to control the shit out of them because if I speak respectfully, they will learn that. Mm-hmm. If I um, love my food and think about my body, they will do that. If I, you know, if I'm tr- brushing my teeth right. and, and showing that it feels good to have fresh breath, they're going to do that. There's so when, much power in that right when i'm yeah. writing thank you notes and talking about how good it feels to get something and give something they're building that sense of gratitude right. we are their gods like uh-huh. everything we do they they generally want to do or will do and that that is such a, a more implicit respectful way of bringing them into our world and then if they don't it's their fucking choice but, but like we said in our um like our uh, power of our influence empowerment episode podcast episode mm-hmm. once This is not just a tool. Modeling is not. It's an opportunity for us to fucking grow up too, Mm -hmm. right? Do we say thank you and and I'm sorry a lot? Are we just expecting that of our kids or are we saying it and showing it too, Mm -hmm. right? Just uh, we can begin asking ourselves, those questions when something pops up and I'm like, gee whiz, I wish my kid would this more. Mm-hmm. Do we also do that more? Just checking. Mm-hmm. It's not a tip for tat, but it mm-hmm. helps us build awareness, not just in what we're doing, but what maybe we could be doing more of as the humans that we'd like to be, ideally, I not love just the that. kids that we hope they become mm-hmm. or as humans, whatever. I love that. But really, power of our influence that mm-hmm. is a huge power. Let's step into that joyously, joyfully with power. Mm-hmm. Let's be Gandhi, like <laughs> not. A million other fucking people, right? <laughs> okay, belief number eight mm-hmm. that a power struggle is caused by our kids, where actually a power struggle is caused by our inability to negotiate power democratically. Mm. Why should we have to negotiate power with our kids? I thought we just were had absolute power, had unquestioned authority. Right. Isn't that the role of parent? We just no one gets to check our power, our privilege. We just have it. The moment we had a kid, we get all the power. Yeah, I think if but if we're going to be parenting respectfully with another human being, even if they're a growing human being, we have to accept that we have multiple realities and multiple needs, right? I think it would be so easy for us to just be like, my expectation, my lens, my job is number one. And that, and what I say goes, I think that's that's the impulse, that's the conditioning we've gotten through, through the years, through our personal experiences and our culture is what I say goes, period. I, I write the script mm-hmm. on this stage production And you play the role, little person. And then we realize, oh, dear God, we've got mutual realities going on here. We are in an improv act with this little person who's saying, "Uh, actually, uh, I have some words to say. Um, This script, I'm going to tear it up. Mm -hmm. I have my own needs, my own independence. And actually, I'd like some of that power, please. Mm -hmm. Which I think seems like a totally ridiculous, insane thing to happen. But really, when you think about it, Kids take some power back from us all the time as yeah. they're growing up, Well, right? think about it. We start when they're little babies and we mm-hmm. do everything, basically, right. right? We're feeding and we're diapering. We're caring from place to place. We help them know, um, to get their signals straight about when they're going to be sleeping, when they're going to be eating. But we're really in charge, charge. And the, the older they get, the more they're growing, the more they're starting to um, emerge with independent skills and opinions and mm-hmm. feelings. The harder it is for us to be ke- basically playing catch up and being like, oh, okay, now they can kind of do that, so I don't need to do that for them anymore. Or now I'm really tired of doing this for them, so can they just please do it for themselves? That's a trap we fall into, I think we can go either way really easily, and I think that that's the hard thing, is recognizing that a power struggle is an opportunity. It's a Mm -hmm. moment where we can say, oh my gosh, uh, my kid is showing me, they're saying, hey, I want to come to the table and maybe have some more agency in my own life, have some more independence in my own life, have a little more participation or understanding choice. or choice. Right. Yeah. These t- this, ties it's a in, good thing. this ties in so much with our freedoms, which is why our freedom mm-hmm. model exists. We have the 10 freedoms, these realms of our kids' lives that we're really trying not to over control and just be sensitively aware mm-hmm. of what is our job, what is their job, where do those overlap in that mutual mm-hmm. reality. Right. And when will there be a slow kind of redistribution of power going on where that's a scaffolding process. It's not like, and I think this happens a lot of times, it's like we're cleaning our kids' room forever. And then all of a sudden we're like, dude, they can do it themselves. Clean your room, child. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Uh, you haven't held my hand through any of it. You've been doing it all for me. How am I supposed to do that? Same with it's time to take a bath. You need Mm -hmm. to take a bath right now. Okay, so they're used to being prompted to get in the bath. Someone will tell me when I'm smelly or my nails are too long Mm -hmm. or my hair is beyond and needs to be washed or whatever it is, as opposed to helping support and scaffold that, that attunement mm-hmm. to what they really need. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. How do those nails feel right now? Right, but that seems very permissive. That seems like we're giving them power too early. We're being, mm-hmm. we're being permissive and just letting them decide themselves, which is so scary because we're identifying in this role of person of authority, person in power. Giving mm-hmm. that some of that to our kids seems like that would undermine our power and authority, wouldn't it? yeah but it's all tied into prioritizing their attunement over mm-hmm. socialization conditioning all of those things if we respect them as a human and we prioritize their need for self understanding then we can we're more likely to be able to trust mm-hmm. in them learning that slowly as we're learning it mm-hmm. and not just going into like automatic like parent robot mode which i find myself in so often being like this must get done this must get done <laughs> seeing this trying to take care of this we're just in like damage control instead of what ideally we would like to be is just like how's it going with this thing Mm -hmm. and just be a little more chill about it be a little more curious about all of it Mm -hmm. um i think often a power struggle happens just from that ding ding um where we're realizing that resistance means we're just pushing a little too hard, mm-hmm. right? We're we're not sensitively engaging within one of these freedoms. Their their feelings, their right to speak, their right to know something, their right to play. We're getting in all their play too much. They don't. Mm-hmm. We get a power struggle of over which toy it is. Their right to nourish, right? And they will not eat this food all of a sudden when we have an agenda about it Mm -hmm. right I mean I think that this whole section and so much of this talk in general Kelty is about I mean parenting for social change and our sanity right Mm -hmm. is about trust and is in saying I can give my kid this opportunity to attune to themselves to make their own choices to test out their world without controlling all of it myself and it could actually go well Mm -hmm. They could actually become independent sooner with cleaning their room if I'm bringing them into it a little bit rather than just expecting them or if I'm allowing them to forego a few showers here and there so they can understand early on how that feels for their body. You know, but it's a lot of trust and it's uh, it's a little bit scary. Yeah, but I think it's also liberating. Like most of mm-hmm. these were like scary, but freeing, scary, mm-hmm. but freeing to not feel like we have to hold all the power and then just dole it out in little tiny amounts mm-hmm. because we're so scared about what the table's turning and then becoming some crazy tyrant or something, mm-hmm. you know, and it feels good just trying to focus on our family being a democracy, mm-hmm. right? And as opposed to a hierarchy, and trying to keep those conversations going person to person mm-hmm. those negotiations happening human to human instead of feeling that pressure mm-hmm. to be holding all the power and worrying what will happen when we give some back i love that and i think it always reminds me of alfie Cohn's thing about how we're so worried we're like we must control them so they know what to do mm-hmm. but we're actually undermining their learning very often and that, that intrinsic motivation that's so important i think he says something like kids don't learn to make decisions by being told what decisions to make. They learn by just making decisions themselves. Mm -hmm. And that we have to be that that side by side, which we talk about in this this whole thing is threading through as well, Mm -hmm. of just being there alongside, attuning, constant attunement. If we can attune to them, they learn to attune to themselves. That's the goal. I like it. Okay, belief number nine. Not having known all of this stuff means that we're bad parents. That's belief number nine. Mm -hmm. When actually, Beginning to learn and raise our awareness around all this stuff actually means we're showing up and growing up. We Mm -hmm. should we should high five. We should be proud of ourselves, right? Yeah, I think a lot of us have this sense of parent fragility. And Mm -hmm. I think you and I, Hannah, were really lucky that we started learning about a lot of child development, a lot of parenting approaches, a lot of lit on all of this and the research on this very early in our in our first Mm -hmm. kids' lives to the point where we still had that feeling. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't know any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's difficult seeing coaching clients and, and friends and a lot of people in our upbringing community starting to learn about this stuff a little bit mm-hmm. later. Or their partners are learning about it later and really struggling. Right, Tr- struggling to reconcile, mm-hmm. s- struggling to to not have shame or guilt, right? In, in trying to find that alignment and seek that alignment. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. And we have to keep remembering like, and I think this is really pertinent as far as our white fragility as well, mm-hmm. that like if we're gonna learn and move forward, then we have to say, we're still valuable, worthy people. Mm-hmm. We did the best we could with the information we had. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. Let's do this. And I think we extra have to say that because the work that we're doing is trying to dismantle those feelings of shame mm-hmm. and guilt. Because when we were children and we did something wrong or we didn't know better, mm-hmm. we got in trouble for it. I'm okay. just saying we as a culture. Well, and, and that's the, and that's the, the so white even, patriarchal model right. is you didn't know, you get punished. Or you feel stupid. like shit. Right. Right. And we're trying to bust all that and say we don't need that in our homes we don't need to be doing that to our kids and we do not need to be experiencing that as adults as we're learning and growing Mm -hmm. and trying to do better right we don't need to feel shame in order to take responsibility that Mm -hmm. can actually inhibit us from moving forward and taking that responsibility yeah you know and i think that there is so much value in this process of saying okay we didn't know it all we never should have known it all we want to know more we want to grow okay great what can we be what what is the benefit of this of leaning in this way there's the individual level where we because of parenting because we're leaning into this shit which is so scary and hard mm-hmm. we're knowing more about ourselves and our triggers we're we're deconstructing our childhood we're learning from our kids right mm-hmm. um in our relationship with them they're teaching us what mindfulness um patience uh, yeah patience um just that they're bringing us back into our own inner wisdom and authority that was dampened from childhood, from culture. Mm-hmm. They're re- they're inspiring us daily, right? Yeah, and then yeah. I think also we're able to, with this showing up and growing up and learning more, and bravely leaning in and engaging with everything that terrifies us. Mm-hmm. As all of this new research come out, comes out, all of these great parenting resources are popping up, um, trying to show us the way. We're building a stronger relationship with our kids too. Mm-hmm. It feels so good feeling closer and not letting things like tantrums and defiance and resistance push us farther apart, Mm -hmm. right? No, I mean, that control and that white patriarchal model that's come into our homes and that's guiding us unconsciously in our Mm -hmm. discipline practices, that does not bring us closer to our kids. That does not bring them closer to themselves. And on a larger scale, on a community level, Mm -hmm. on a greater social change level, we're raising kids that you know, use power a particular way. And that's what so many of these beliefs is about is how do we want to be teaching our kids to use their power? We don't just care about them being happy and succeeding. That's we don't just care goal. about a great yeah. one. We don't just care about our relationship that they'll come to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and they'll give us a really sweet, like, you know, speech retirement, party. retirement thing. <laughs> yeah. Something we're not retiring. And, you know, but it also that we are raising an agent of change mm-hmm. that we are, we are raising a generation of, of children that can go out there and know themselves really well and respect themselves and trust themselves. You know, that they have been based on an inside out approach to parenting rather than an outside in approach, which all of us have been raised on. And that's why we're like, who am I? What do I want? I don't know. What am I entitled to? Right. Again? I can barely advocate for myself. Should I advocate for anyone else? Screw them. What about me? Yeah. Right. We want to raise the opposite. And that's the opportunity here. It's not just for our kids individually. It's not just for our relationship. It's for greater social change. Yeah. And it all comes down to looking at our power not as permission but as privilege mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let a lot, let's lot of power 10. number 10 so all this parenting stuff this whole change should it should be a quick fix right and if we don't see changes that we should just give up but actually it's a long-term daily practice of awareness bravery grace and effort mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, yay. It's, yay. <laughs> but we can do it everyone. I, it's not going to be a quick fix. But I, it is not going to be overnight. <laughs> But I mean, I think growing up in a, a behaviorist, patriarchal model, you're like, okay, well, if I do this to them, then th- then the, it, there should be this effect. I should see some it results. It should be immediate result. Uh-huh. It should be, my parenting should be effective, right? Yeah. That's what we're raised to believe. Can you just give me a quick fix or trick for yeah, this or particular? Or grade, grade me on right. it so I know if it's working. Yeah. Give me right. some feedback. I give me need a some grade. gold stars, please. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's not how it works, right? Yeah. I, we like to talk about progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. That- this parenting approach can be an ebb and flow can be constant experimentation and pivoting our kids are throwing new shit at us every every day anyway right and there's no one size fits all approach too and that's the scary thing but also the beautiful thing is saying our kids are individuals they're human and they're totally unique guess what so are we we have our own childhood our own triggers mm-hmm. what what helps one parent might not help me what helps one child might not help my child mm-hmm. and that's the part that's the relationship and the process and the practice of parenting it is an ing it is a verb mm-hmm. right this is happening to us and it's a constant evolution and the journey that we get to be on forever with our kids. I think that we often talk with our coaching clients where they're like, I almost wish sometimes that I just didn't know these things because Mm. when I was more unconscious, I suffered through... Um, a, a feeling of misalignment sometimes a little mm-hmm. bit. But now when I what as a more conscious parent, it almost hurts more when I'm not able to do it. Right. And I think that they, all, they say sometimes too, like it feels like anytime I do lose it and scream at my kids or slam that door or mm-hmm. issue that consequence, it's like two steps back in my process. Mm-hmm. And something we always say is there are no steps back. It's mm-hmm. all progress forward. It's only forward and up, Mm -hmm. right? I love that, Kel, and I think I wanna flip that, what you just said, though, Mm -hmm. too, where we've also heard from clients and realized this ourselves that, before, and for many people before, when they were parenting through white patriarchy, when they were using control in their discipline, when they were really distancing their kids from themselves and them, and really feeling that dissonance of that discipline, like, this doesn't feel good, but I don't know what else to do, that that was true suffering. Mm -hmm. And now, as a a parent whose eyes are open, who's doing the work, who's leaning in, who's practicing the fail-forward approach we talk about, Mm They are actually feeling like there's no more suffering. There's just struggle. And struggle is a part of life. And my kids struggles. I struggle. We struggle. That's how you grow. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to suffer like we were before, where mm-hmm. our kids were suffering and we didn't know what to do for them. We were suffering and we didn't know what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We're all struggling. We're all struggling. <laughs> I say it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we will suffer too, but we're all in this together. And I think that that's kind of the last thing too, is that, I mean, this, parenting thing isn't a quick fix one day at a time thing. The, the, it is one the, day at a time. What well, sorry, mean? the uh, w- one day and it's done oh, kind yeah. of thing. Um, isn't like a three-day potty this, training parent approach. Right. <laughs> this, but this long-term practice also creates the opportunity for um, a collective feel of a feeling of we're all in this together, a community aspect mm-hmm. of this consciousness raising, that this movement and this intersection of social justice and parenting, that there's so many folks like this out there. Our partner may not be even on board. Our mother-in-law might not be on board. We may still have our doubts and questions about it. Our kids might be like, "What the hell are you doing, mom? This is mm-hmm. not this is not the way you usually approach me when I'm freaking out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. There are other folks out there, you know, um, that we just encourage you to find and talk to and have those conversations with. You know, we talk about it being a conversation at a time. And that's with our kids, with our partners, with our therapists, Mm -hmm. with our friends. Um, It's our responsibility, ultimately. Not everyone who listens to this podcast is a white, privileged woman. But we are. And we really feel like it is a responsibility and a duty and this incredible opportunity to be taking care of ourselves and our children, but raising a generation that can take care of everybody. And that's incredibly meaningful work right now when we feel very helpless Mm -hmm. and being like, what can we do besides donate some money? Or how can we be raising anti-racist, feminist kids? What can we be doing? Mm -hmm. We can revamp our discipline. Love it. In conclusion, (laughs) thank you everyone for being here. Send us your Q and A's if you want. We're going to be taking, um, about a month off. We'll still be around on Instagram Mm -hmm. steadily with weekly videos, Mm -hmm. side-by-side skill building graphics, weekly live Q and A's, um, where we love seeing you hop on the screen to share it with us, walk through something, explore, Mm -hmm. um, whatever you're struggling with. I guarantee we are struggling with it Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, Go back episodes. Listen to old episodes of our stuff. Check out all of our videos lo- on Instagram. I love hearing when people are like, "I'm starting at the very beginning," and I'm like, "Oh god, god not don't that, don't go far that far back!" Far <laughs> back. <laughs> um, what else is up this season? We got a shopped up, up and together and we're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, building that out even farther. We've got some amazing downloadable guides. We've mm-hmm. got a beautiful, uh, downloadable and actual print of our elements of respect. Um, you know, if you're wondering and listening to this and being like, these are all great ideas, but how do I actually do that? Mm-hmm. Our guides are a great place to start with actionable advice, with actual phrasing, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our techie renaissance dude, Alex, for producing the podcast, editing music, all the things. We might even get a new theme song for next season, which That'd I'm really be excited about. And I mm-hmm. can pull it out. Um, <laughs> thank you to our incredibly talented friends, Amber Okamura, who does our art. And Mary Schroeder of Making Type, who does all of our lettering. Mm-hmm. And lastly, thank you for being here. This is a seriously messy and seriously important job being a parent. And we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make lots of mistakes as we move through. And that is okay because our growth, individual, relational, and collective depends on it. And if you're here, you're doing the work and you're doing an amazing job. And we're really proud of you. Mm -hmm. We're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another, one conversation at a time. So thanks for being here. We're all in this together and we're all growing up together. Till next time.